beautiful humans. First of all, thank you for listening to Crown by Design, a Dash of Everything podcast. And if you've been listening before or you're new to listening to this podcast, I do talk about a wide variety of different topics, some of them being taboo and some of them not being taboo. And for those taboo topics, I like to have an educated conversation and invite you to have an open mind and we can work through untabooing that topic. So thank you for listening to Crone by Design, a Dash of Everything podcast. I can't believe we are wrapping up September. This is the last week of September and it just feels like this year has gone by so fast. And of course, like I'm still excited because that means fall is in upcoming in all of our thoughts. We've already had a few pumpkin spice lattes under our belts and it's just time for that to stay inside or be out in the crisp air, but being warm and cozy with your hot beverages, such as mine, today is a cup of hot tea. It is a peppermint, organic peppermint from Trader Joe's. So I'm very excited to have this keeping my warm, my hands warm and my voice hopefully from cracking. But I'm also excited because this weekend I am in a new show, a new to me show. I don't know how old the show is, but it's called the Great Black Swamp Fantasy Market. And it's kind of a precursor to a possible Renaissance Fair. So I'm very excited as it would be my first market being Renafair-esque, but also like I just love a good market and it's at a what is it, a winery, but it also has mead, so it's a meadery, and cider, so it's a cidery, (laughs) I don't know if that's a word, but it's just such a cool opportunity, and I definitely invite you all to go, and also come say hi to me, as I'll be in my booth, crone by design, a dat, sorry, crone by design, metaphysical boutique. I do get a little confused here and there on that, but Let's get ready for this exciting topic as we are talking about menstruation. I find talking about menstruation with other people so fascinating as everyone experiences it differently and we all have different levels of understanding of what is going on with our bodies. As I know, my only education that I received from public education was from kinder, well, all from kindergarten to eighth grade was only twice, and that was in fourth and fifth grade. The girls were pulled out of class and sent to the nurse's office where she had doctored menstruation pads to look at different shades of discharge, and which I think at the time I thought it was disgusting, but good to know that it could be a wide range of different colors and which colors to look out for to tell my mom in case something was wrong. But... Also, at the time, I was only 9 to 10 years old, and I didn't know it was okay to discharge brown from anywhere but my butt. So, but it was just a very interesting time, too, because, like, technically it's very presumptuous that we would all know what pads were, and also what discharge even meant, like, and where was it coming from? So these are all like questions that thankfully my mom helped me with, but along with those little courses with the nurse, 
our school gave out these little pamphlets to read from menstruation product companies with coupons in them, which is also nice because then, like, you know, you're diving into getting your first periods and, you know, that stuff is expensive, so having coupons was nice. But that was the start and end of my education about menstruation that I received from the public school system in Indiana. And I know I am not the only one who feels this way and that I've met multiple people all across, like through college, that they came from all across the world and all across the U.S. And they kind of received the same amount of education to this very big part of half the population's lives. So, thankfully, my mom took over the rest of the education and made sure I knew what a pad was and how to wear it, and if I was interested in other menstrual products, such as tampons, and she was able to provide me with those as well. But I have to admit, I did not know how to properly use a tampon until I was 23, and I was just playing around and showing my fiancé, now he's my husband, the different forms of menstrual products. Thankfully, was a lot more helpful as what I discovered was how to properly use the tampon applicator. It blew my mind and I called my mom telling her uh, thank you for not explaining how to actually use the tampon applicator. I shit you not. I thought when you unwrapped a tampon and the little bit of plunger that was showing was all you had in which to push the tampon into the vaginal canal. I was literally taking the tampon out of the applicator and just shoving it up there. Which, as you will guess, it fucking hurts to do that way. So, my mind was blown. And horrifying story aside, there is so much to learn about menstruation. More than I ever thought until I just began doing the research about it for fun. I will be doing a future episode about menstruation products. And this is where I would like to sidebar and share a goal with you that I would love to incorporate my podcast and also my business in. And maybe sharing with you, you might have the answer to my question or you might know how to kickstart this into existence. As I would love to be able to somehow donate a portion of something, either a project or a Patreon or a fundraiser to donate menstruation products to the homeless. As I had a time in which I was homeless and I was on my period while working two very vigorous jobs, being factory settings, while also taking online classes for college. And period products were so vital to my well-being. And I also knew that I am privileged and only have experienced homelessness very briefly, but it made me really look at how we should all, as humans, be better at helping menstruators in all walks of life and in all situations. So as I throw this out, maybe it would make sense to you, maybe you'll have an idea or you know something already, but if you have any of those to possibly make this goal slash dream a reality, please email me at podcast at gmail.com. As we begin to break down this topic of menstruation for this episode, I just want to introduce the various aspects that we'll be covering. As to note, this is not an exhausted episode of everything that happens 
to be aware of and all there is to know about menstruation. So I do encourage you to do your own research as I always, always, always emphasize in all my podcast episodes as I don't know everything and I can only do so much research. So please research as you might have be experienced something that I don't brush up on or you can also talk to your doctor about your period. So to further this along, we'll be talking about breaking down what a menstrual cycle is, the four phases that make up the menstrual cycle, common menstrual problems, and when to see your doctor. The typical menstrual cycle is measured from the first day of your period to the first day of your next period. So this is where the average lengths of cycles fluctuate as they're between 21 to 45 days, with an average being around 29 days. But this is where we break it down even further by the various ages of menstruators. As example, teenagers might have cycles that last 45 days, where on the other hand, menstruators in their 20s to 30s have cycles that last between 21 to 38 days. It is important important to note that menstrual cycles are unique to each person. There is no textbook perfect menstrual cycle. It is between you and your body. And this is where I like to throw out the tip of tracking your cycle lengths and learning where your body is at in the phases. This can help you prepare for your menstruation phase as well as some of the common PMS symptoms. So as you get used to tracking your cycle and you start to notice new symptoms that are physical or psychological in nature that might not be usual for you, then you at least have the notes to take to your doctor. If you do feel that something is wrong or not right, I do advise that you talk with your doctor. Even if you don't notice a change in your symptoms, it is still great to track your menstrual cycle as it helps deepen the connection to your body and self as people also use this as a way to help track possible times for fertility. So it's not just for people who are just starting their period and trying to figure out how their cycle is wearing out, but also people that are, even you can use this, I use this a lot when I'm traveling. I kind of make plans around when I'm not on my period. So say if we're going somewhere that we're gonna go swimming, I try to plan trips around my period so I don't have to pack extra menstruation products that I know I'm going to have to use during my trip. And also, maybe I'll be a tad bit less of a bitch too, (laughs) but that's not always a given. And so this is where I was also connecting to people who are looking to have a baby and to get pregnant and that can be used to track your period and then further down calculate your possible fertility windows. And also this is great as there are many apps out there that can help you with this, but also you can go with your doctor and you can get fertility tested as well. But it's also good to note that connection that you have between you and your period. A fun fact, the first period a menstruator has is called a menarche. It literally means the first occurrence of menstruation, where in Western countries, the average age for the first period is 12 to 13 years old. 
but in some cases can happen as early as nine and as late as 16. Where I was seven when I had my first period and it took me, I can't believe, I, I look back at it and I really can't believe this, but yeah, it took me a few days to realize what was happening as it was very light spotting that was very dark and then really started, but thankfully I was actually wearing black slacks as I was dressed up for a basketball game. And to be honest, I kind of ignored it until I realized it wasn't going away, but then it only lasted a few days as it was my first period, so my body was getting used to something new, <laughs> but it was very interesting and I just kind of laughed that I really did not pay attention to my first period where we see like movies that talk about like first periods and it's just like, wow, I really dismissed mine super fast. <laughs> I could not be phased. Another menstruation vocab word is amenorrhea, which means the absence of menstrual periods. And this can be caused by hormonal disru hormone disruption due to emotional stress, extreme weight loss, excessive exercise, or certain reproductive disorders. In more normal cases of amenorrhea can be when you first start getting your periods. So you might have breaks between before they became the average lengths. And then also when you're pregnant and then while you're breastfeeding. And then also when your body starts preparing for menopause. There's definitely more to amenorrhea than everything I can explain in this podcast. And so I do advise that you talk with a doctor if this begins to occur. And a lot of people know that the last period a menstruator has, and it is called menopause. The average age people begin to hit menopause can be from 49 to 53 years old. And I did an episode earlier about menopause. If you would like to know more about it, I definitely recommend everyone to learn more about menstruation and menopause as we all know a menstruator, even if we may not have a period. It is good to know more in order to be able to help others and to be more understanding. The menstrual cycle has four phases, and that's menstruation, follicular, ovulation, and luteal. And as your body is going through these phases is when you experience various changes of levels of the hormone estrogen and progesterone which contribute to the various symptoms that you may experience when you're not menstruating, as you can feel any of the, the, sorry, any of the symptoms throughout your phases. And I really found this interesting as I've never been taught any, any education, any personal conversation, nothing about the four phases of menstrual, of the menstrual cycle. And I thought that literally blew my mind that there are four phases like, I guess I've never thought, oh, I'm either bleeding or I'm not, and that's it. And then, like, you start to PMS right before you bleed. And so that was, like, the precursor. That was all I know. And so I really think this is interesting, and it might be your first introduction to the four phases as well. So that's why I try to make a pretty detailed explanation of each of the four phases. 
we will begin with the phase menstruation. And this is the part many of us know about our menstrual cycles, as we commonly call it our period. During menstruation is when the uterus lining sheds and flows out of your vagina. The average makeup of what is being shed contains blood, mucus, and some cells from the lining of the uterus. The average period is between three to seven days. And this is the time in which using menstruation products such as pads, tampons, period underwear, or menstrual cups can be used to absorb the period. I will have a future episode, of course, going about the different types of menstruation products and how they're used properly. The next phase is the follicular phase. This phase begins on the first day of your period and lasts for 13 to 14 days. Once the follicular phase, then begins the ovulation phase. The follicular is when the pituitary gland in the brain releases a hormone to stimulate the production of follicles on the surface of an ovary. Usually only one follicle will mature into an egg. This takes place usually from day 10 of your cycle. This is when your uterus lining also thickens in preparation for pregnancy. The third phase is ovulation. This is when a mature egg is released from an ovary and moves along a fallopian tube towards the uterus. This usually happens once each month in about two weeks before your next period. Ovulation can last from 16 to 32 hours. And it's also good to mention that it is possible to get pregnant in the five days before ovulation and on the day on which your ovulation begins, but it is more likely in the three days leading up to and including ovulation. Once the egg is released, it will survive up to 24 hours, and if the sperm reaches the egg during this time, there is a chance of becoming pregnant. The fourth phase is the luteal phase. During the luteal phase, after ovulation cells in the ovary called the corpus luteum releases progesterone in a small amount of estrogen, this causes the lining of the uterus to thicken in preparation for pregnancy. If a fertilized egg implants in the lining of the uterus, the corpus luteum continues to produce progesterone, which maintains the thickened lining of the uterus. But if a pregnancy does not occur, the corpus luteum dies, the progesterone levels drop, and the uterus lining sheds, and the period begins again. I hope you all enjoyed my teacher voice as I was trying to be very exact and I didn't want my own emotional voice like breakthrough and I just wanted to be very scientific about the cycle. And so I hope you enjoyed that very precise description of the phases. And I found all of this information on betterhealthchannel.gov. And they really broke down the phases into more malleable sections to understand what is going on during menstruation and the menstrual cycle. And of course, you can find the article in the episode description as they really don't beat around the bush and give you the most concise information about the phases. And I did take parts of this text directly from the website. So that's why I just want to really note, like, I did take a lot of the information from that article. So please look at that article if you need a good source to cite in your own work and for your own research. 
Now we're diving into common menstrual problems. The first one we're going to be talking about is premenstrual syndrome, commonly known as PMS. So this next segment, I'm going to be taking this straight from an article from The Good Trade called, Is PMS Actually Affecting My Mood? Written by Emily Harrison, and the link to the article is, of course, below in the episode description. So, PMS is a collection of physical and psychological symptoms that take place in the last week of the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. So, common symptoms of PMS is not limited to, but include depression, anxiety, changes in sleep patterns, breast tenderness, bloating, headaches, and fatigue. So as your body is changing in levels of the hormones estrogen and progesterone regularly through each phase of your cycle, if you're someone who experiences PMS, which means your serotonin levels also decrease when the levels of, with the levels of estrogen during the luteal phase. As I was explaining earlier, before the luteal phase is right before the menstruation phase, explaining why it's called PMS, premenstrual syndrome. There is also a more severe version of PMS, and that is called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And another common, not common menstrual problem is dysmenorrhea, also known as painful periods. So I use the word that you would talk to possibly with your doctor, but I also explain why, what they're also connected to. So like if you're experiencing a painful period or you're talking with another menstruator who's also talking about painful periods, it might be dysmenorrhea. These painful periods are believed that the uterus is prompted by certain hormones to squeeze harder than necessary to dislodge its lining. There are treatment options for this, and you can talk this over with your doctor. Last one I'm going to talk about is menorrhagia, also known as heavy menstrual bleeding. And it's just as it's called. It's when you have a constant heavy menstrual bleeding and is if it's left untreated can cause anemia. And like the other one, treatment options for this is also can be talked over with your doctor. I want to wrap up this episode about menstruation with the topic of when you should see your doctor or possibly things to keep in mind when you're making a doctor appointment as your menstruation is a big aspect of your life and you should be able to talk about it with your doctor. Therefore, you should have a doctor that you feel comfortable talking about menstruation with. You can always change and ask for another doctor. So let's crack into a list of some, but not all of the examples in which you could see your doctor about. And one, if your period pattern changes. Two, your periods are getting heavier such as needing to change menstruation products more than every two hours. Three, your period lasts more than eight days. Four, your periods can come less than 20 days apart. Five, if your period comes more than two to three months apart. Six, your symptoms are so painful they affect your daily activity. Seven, your period, you bleed between periods. And eight, you bleed after intercourse. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words.
And of course, this is not an exhaustive list. And everything is different between every menstruator as well. So some of these you may have already noted and you're okay with in your own menstrual cycle, but some other people might need to see their doctor about, such as if they're just now starting their periods or they think they're getting into menopause or they're trying to get pregnant. But also there's also different pains in which you should address with your doctor about your menstruation. So please, if you're ever unsure, talk with your doctor. As we're wrapping up this episode, I just want to raise a few viewpoints and just maybe some more things to think about as you begin your menstruation cycle or you're continuing your long journey of menstruation or you're ending your menstruation cycle or you might have a child that is getting ready to start their menstruation cycle, is I just want to talk about how it's very disheartening about things we hear about our menstruation cycle, how much bad press, or when we talk about our cycles, we have such a negative view, how people look at menstrual cycles as a weakness or disqualify someone from how they think that person can perform. When literally our cycles create life, that is why our bodies go through menstrual cycles. It's because our bodies regulate in creating life. Our cycles are beautiful even if we bleed or hurt. Our cycles are a piece of our beautiful bodies and to me it is a source of power. As I know I can do anything someone who doesn't have a menstrual cycle can do while bleeding. And if I happen to have a child who experiences the menstrual cycle, I would love to teach them about it with a positive outlook instead of how TVs, schools, and people talk about it and make it feel gross and disgusting and unclean when it's, in reality, none of those things. A small side bargain, as I've always been interested in becoming a certified sex educator, that could be hired to teach safe sex education in an inclusive manner in high school and would love to do this on a scale that I also could become certified to teach menstrual health to kids in elementary. So if you are someone who does this or you have recommendations, always emails are always welcome to chronebydesignpodcast at gmail.com. And as we finish this episode together, I just want to end it with a quote I found from the Good Trade article by Emily Harrison that perfectly wraps up getting to know your cycle and loving yourself. And that is, and remember, you're not going through this journey alone. There are menstruators across the world who are frustrated, confused, or in love with their body and its reactions to the menstrual cycle. So thank you all for listening to this topic today and for listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it and maybe found some inspiration or something of value because menstruation is a part of everyone's lives, whether they like it or not, (laughs) as we are all a missed period. I love saying that to misogynistic men just to watch them stutter and get red in the face. Oh, I have shirts that have comments like this that 
Oh, I love making them a blustering fool when they react. Also a reminder, if you have any recommendations or stories you would like to share in a listener's stories, you can submit all those at Crone by Design and click on the Submit Stories for Podcast tab and fill out the form. And also just a quick reminder, if you are interested in becoming a sponsor for my podcast as we continue this podcasting journey, and I'm looking for like-minded businesses that would flow with my podcast and business. So if that is you and you're interested in being a sponsor, please reach out to crownbydesignpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!